Welcome back. You are listening to Nathie Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already and ring that notification bell so you're notified the next time we have a brand new episode go up on YouTube. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's up, mate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you as well and to all those listening if you celebrate Thanksgiving. If you do not, hopefully you have a relaxing long weekend with family, friends, and loved ones enjoy some football cricket or whatever sport of choice you prefer and have a relaxing time and enjoy the next few days and be sure to take advantage of some of those online deals for video games secure some nintendo sony microsoft whatever your company of choice is at a steep discount before the holiday season really takes off and hopefully you enjoy the weekend and enjoy some quality gaming be it halo infinite or any game you decide to play And today we are going to talk about a very serious topic that is plaguing the industry. This is an endemic that corrupts every company within this industry, but pretty much every business in the world. But before we get into that topic, we have to thank today's sponsor, which is Manscaped. And ho, 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 gentlemen, the holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code NATETHEHATE, that's one word, NATETHEHATE, for 20% off and free shipping. And MVG, it is my understanding you have been using the body wash and two-in-one shampoo for a nice, healthy scalp. Jingle balls to the walls. Listen up, Nate. Untrimmed pubes are the thing of the past, and it's possible that you have Santa's beard in your pants. It's time to leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney, and I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Now, inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, to reduce those cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's the gift to your partner with less mess. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner, and it's time to keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh. And of course, the Hygiene Bundle will also come with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxes, That'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. The perfect package for your perfect package. Yes, they can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NATETHEHATE. That's one word, NATETHEHATE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code NATETHEHATE. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. And today, we're going to talk about the ongoing developments that are happening at Activision and how companies, including Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, had made internal statements via memos about the situation going on at Activision. We're going to give our thoughts on what is going on, as well as the statements that the big three have given. And I want to stress that this is a very serious matter. This is not a situation to take lightly, and we are going to give it the attention and and you know the discretion that it deserves this has been a topic that's been going on in the industry now for what feels as though 
many years. This first came to light last year with reports from Ubisoft about sexual harassment, poor working conditions, and the situation at Ubisoft has kind of fallen under the radar in recent weeks. It got completely swept under the rug, Nate. Let's be honest. You know, there was yes. there was a lot of public PR that was done about mm-hmm. how, you know, they're going to change and they're going to fix things and they're setting up processes in place. But from all intents and purposes, at least what we keep hearing coming out of Ubisoft it sounds like nothing has really changed internally. Hopefully, um, I, you know, we are wrong about that. But, yeah, it, it just it does seem like that, you know, Ubisoft is just continuing to do their, run their business the way they always have been. Yes, they, they put out those public statements promising change. And until we actually see change be reflected in the workplace, until we see firsthand accounts from the employees saying, that they have witnessed and experienced this change. It feels as though it is really just posturing for the shareholders and their stockholders to make them feel better about staying invested into a company. And I believe that we're seeing a mirror image with Activision here. Activision is definitely under a lot more scrutiny in the current moment, but it's also the company that is in the headlines right now. In three months, if we were to revisit this topic, Activision may no longer be in the headlines. The story is going to run a natural course, as does any story in any in, in any industry. You hit a tipping point where the public simply no longer cares. And Activision also is one of those companies that is, I don't want to say hated, but it's strongly disliked in the gaming community. And a large part of that is because people are tired of Call of Duty. It's every year we get a new Call of Duty. Activision has shut down other studios, very talented studios, who worked on titles like, you know, Tony Hawk. Yeah. The Crash Bandicoot titles or Spyro the Dragon. And they've been shifted into a Call of Duty complementary team. And that angers the public because a lot of their favorite games are no longer being made. And it just seems as though Activision is that faceless entity, which they are. And their primary focus is Call of Duty because they know they can sell tens of millions of copies of this one title. And that other titles like Call, you know, like Tony Hawk has mentioned, is simply niche to the current gaming landscape. I I, want to just make a quick point. It does... It is all that, but there's also more to it. There's also the Blizzard mm-hmm. side. You know, there's there's the the Hong Kong um, thing yes. that happened with Blitzchung a couple of years ago. That was extremely bad optics for Activision Blizzard. There was also um, the uh, recent um, departure of the head of uh, Blizzard, and you know things like that with, with ongoing allegations over the years. There was um, References to events that occurred at BlizzCon many, many years ago with uh, Alex Afrisiadi, I believe his name is, who no longer is with the company. But there's there's always been this overarching, you know, cloud of allegations, harassment, um, you know, uh, women leaving the company, women being uh, treated poorly, uh, sexual harassment claims, um, just all, all sorts of just, Horrible, horrible things keep coming up. Yes. I mean, as you mentioned with the Hong Kong situation, that was a 
dreadful moment for Activision Blizzard as a company for to punish an individual for a matter that they viewed as political, but it wasn't political. It was a it was a human rights issue. Absolutely. And yeah. they eventually, I believe they walked that back after a few months, right? They did. They did. Yes. Um, they, they did walk it back. And, and look, but again, it, it all, it always comes back to, um, the kind of outcry of the public, you know, to, yes. to force their hand in, in some ways. But yes, you're absolutely right that they, they have done so. And now we have a new situation at Activision, which began earlier this year when the state of California began to investigate Blizzard. And it has since, it just continues to spiral. We fall deeper and deeper into this abyss yep. where in the last couple of weeks, they have discovered numerous lawsuits that have been brought forth against Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision. And many of these cases have been settled out of court or they were even settled in court. But it shows a pattern. It shows a culture at Activision that seems to embrace this idea of toxicity of belittling women mm -hmm. treating them as second-class citizens within their corporate structure and it finally came to a boil this week when nintendo <laughs> sony and microsoft came out and made statements and playstation head jim ryan criticized the activision blizzard response to sexual harassment and found that it was deeply disturbing. And he was disheartened and stunned by what he was reading in the Wall Street Journal's findings. And this was, you know, further emphasized by Xbox's boss, Phil Spencer, that where he's quoted saying he was deeply troubled by what's happening at Activision Blizzard. And everyone had been waiting to see if Nintendo would make a statement. And earlier this week, it was reported that Nintendo had sent out an internal memo to all the levels at Nintendo of America, including in development houses internally, like Retro and even Next Level Games. And Doug Bowser put out a very simple and concise statement that he has been following the latest developments with Activision and Blizzard. And he finds it distressing. He finds it disturbing. And how these run counter to the beliefs that Nintendo holds. But he went one step further that we didn't see from Sony and Microsoft, where he made mention that he is going to be in contact and working with the ESA to strengthen the stances on harassment and abuse in the workplace. And that the ESA must hold its members to the highest standard. Now, Activision Blizzard is one of the members of the ESA. And Nintendo concluded their internal memo by saying every company in the industry must create an environment where everyone is respected and treated as equals and where we all understand the consequences of not doing so. Now, there is great value and importance by putting out an internal memo to employees. It shows those working there that the higher ups are aware of the situation going on at Activision Blizzard. And that they find it disturbing and distressing. But I wish these companies would have gone one step further. I wanted to see Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo make public statements. Yes. Make a public statement. Yes. And show the gaming community and everyone else that you are going to hold 
Activision Blizzard accountable for these actions and put public pressure on them. Because an internal statement, while powerful and, you know, kind of a first step, simply is not enough. Put the public pressure on them and show your fan base you are taking this seriously and that you are going to stand up for what is right. That's fantastic, but you're absolutely right, Nate. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the the words, the silence, I guess, that, that, that they haven't come out and made public statements is is really – I mean, they, they're kind of stopping short of saying – you know, you, you know, we, we, we see what's going on here and we don't like it, but we also don't really want to change the status quo of how we do business together, you know? And and for me, you know, I, I feel like Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony should come out and, and make public statements. Otherwise, I hate to say it's just kind of pandering, you know, it's not it's not really much of anything at the end of the day. I mean, they're still selling mm-hmm. Call of Duty on Xbox Live store. They're still selling Call of Duty on PlayStation Store. Uh, Activision still has their games on the eShop. It, it, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really make any difference other than just, you know, some some lip service, really. And that's that's the thing that stands out to me, is that you have Doug Bowser say where they are evaluating this situation and what can be done. If you want to make a statement to Activision Blizzard, yeah. you want to like if you want to make a true statement, yeah. you pull Activision Blizzard games from your digital storefront. You're not going to be able to pull them from, from retail shelves, but you pull them from the eShop. If you're Sony, you pull them from PlayStation Network. If you're Microsoft, you pull them from the Microsoft Store. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to resonate with the Activision board is a loss in money. These are egotistical, money-driven individuals. And unless you are hurting their wallet, they are not going to hear your demands. I find it interesting that Sony did pull Cyberpunk for completely different reasons. Don't, you know, uh don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But they there is a precedent there where Sony has pulled games from their store before. And, you know, so this is definitely something they could do if if they chose to do so. But, look, it's Call of Duty Vanguard. I mean, even though it's not selling as well this year, um, it's still a massive moneymaker for them. So I think there's a lot to be said about about all that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, it's all about money at the end of the day. Sony, we know, has that exclusive deal with Activision over yep. Call of Duty map DLC. Are they willing to sit down and put the pressure on Bobby Kotick and Activision board and say, we will pay the penalty or whatever has to not fulfill this. We will not advertise this DLC. They won't because at the end of the day, Sony is a business. They don't want to lose money. They also don't want to give Microsoft the air quotes exclusive rights to call of duty on home consoles yeah but if you but if these companies could make a statement that powerful activision blizzard would have to act because now their financials are really going to be hurt because digital is a huge percentage of sales in north america for the playstation and the xbox so all of a sudden you lose that storefront Mm mm-hmm significant percentage of game sales are now going to plummet for you. Yeah. And then they would have to act. And now one thing I do want to emphasize here is 
the entire board at Activision Blizzard, based on reports that have come out publicly, they appear to be nothing more than a den of snakes. Bobby Kotick happens to sit at the head of the table. Now, you cut the head off the snake, which would be Bobby Kotick in the situation, by removing him from power. Activision is nothing more than a hydra. Yep. Three more heads is going to grow in its place. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to change anything. They're still going to be equally as venomous as Kotick is or was if he were to be replaced. The only way to make meaningful change at a company with this type of structure is to burn the entire den. And let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right, Nate. I mean, this is this is a numbers game at the end of the day. Um, you know, th- there's been a lot of uh, public um, uh, outcry. There's also been, you know, employees that that have um, ha- have mm-hmm. gone on strike. You know, for a few for a day or so. Um, there's been uh, petitions demanding his resignation. Look, I I, I support it. You know, I, I want to see change at Activision because I think I think what has been going on there for many many years is unacceptable. Um, I I I feel sick when I read these stories about women being harassed and and even worse. You know, one one was driven uh, to suicide. All those stories that I keep reading about just make me physically ill, you know, and, and this latest one is no different. So yes, I do want to see change at Activision. I want, I want Kotick gone. I, I want a clean out of, of the board, but unfortunately, unfortunately, um, even though Microsoft, Sony and Nintendo have made statements, uh, like you said, it, it's not really any anything that is going to hurt Activision at the end of the day. What will hurt Activision is um, if the board, and when I say the board, I mean all the board members uh, vote against Kotick, which, you know, if if that's the game that they're going to play, they they have to be very careful because if you look at the number of shares that they own compared to the number of shares Kotick owns, Kotick could easily just turn around and say, you're all fired. I'm, 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 I'm replacing all of you because I have a huge majority stake ownership in this company. Um, But I also think, you know, um, the share price as well, shareholders. Now, that's one area where it's things are a little interesting because the share price has tumbled, um, you know, in the last six months. It used to be about $95 back in the middle of the year. Now we're looking at about or into the 60s, you know, so Mm -hmm. $61, $61. So I mean that's that's not a that's not a that's not a free fall, but it is a drop in in share price. And I know that um, there is less confidence now, you know, um, in Activision shares than than what there was. So things like that. The bottom line, um, you know, the, the board losing losing trust in 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 Kotick, the share price is continuing to tumble. Those types of things. Um, the big platform holders you know, making a meaningful stand against Activision. They're the types of things that will ultimately um, replace Bobby Kotick at Activision. But you're, but Nate, to your point, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, if you remove Kotick and yes, that, that will um, have an impact on the company, but at the end of the day, um, someone else will just step in and take, take his place. One of the other executives will probably just step in and take his place. And um, you know, it just seems like the cycle will just continue going, going on and on. I think that's an important 
point to make note of is that let's say Kotick is replaced. You can look up the current board members and many of them have their own allegations or court cases against them. And let's say one of them replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe to the public, it looks good. Kotick's out. And they can come out with their statement. This is a new beginning for Activision. And it's kind of like when you begin dating. You're on your best behavior for those three to six months. But eventually, your true self, reality, starts to set in. And the culture will go back to what it was. Because these board members were also the ones fostering the toxic workplace culture that permeates through Activision Blizzard under Bobby Kotick. He is not the sole reason that this toxic culture exists. All of them are guilty. Mm-hmm. Agree. And I'm sure you saw the story that came out where Activision is going to implement a workplace responsibility committee. And the committee will require management to develop key performance indicators and or other means to measure progress to ensure accountability. Now, one of the individuals on the committee is Bobby Kotick. (laughs) It feels as though it's a case of the watchmen watching the watchmen. It is. It absolutely is, isn't it? (laughs) So, like, to the public, they thought they were putting out a statement saying it was basically damage control where they were trying to say we're making changes we're going to hold more people responsible we're going to facilitate direct oversight and transparency with these commitments to the activision workforce and we're going to make sure they're carried out with urgency and that they're going to make an impact because these are challenging times and they're confident that these actions are going to set the company for future success but it feels as though it's more posturing for shareholders and board members and stakeholders in the company than for the actual public and the video game community. This is just them saying we have to protect our investment. Yes. And that's what's disturbing. But it's, it's also slightly disturbing that how much of the gaming community do you truly believe is aware of this and is disturbed by it? That's a good question. I, I I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, I like to think a lot a lot of the gaming community is. I mean, look, I'll tell you what I know. Like, I mean, I, I work at Night Dive and we've we've talked about this. We've we've shared the the press releases around and um, you know, we have our own thoughts about what should happen to Bobby Kotick, which pretty much echoes what I just said previously. I think he, he should <laughs> he should go, but I don't think any of us um, really, truly believe that he will um, be forced out of the company. I think he will probably leave on his own terms. Now, that may be sooner than he initially anticipated. He may have felt like he's got another, you know, five years left at the company, 10 years left. I don't know what his, his long-term plan was, but um, that may have been expedited, but I still feel like that it's really up to him to decide when he wants to leave. So, um, but you know, to your original point, I, it's hard to really know how how much um, you know the optics of this and how many people truly know about what's going on here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's very hard for me to to really 
quantify that, you know, especially in, in other countries in the world, you know, um, what, what, how much of this stuff are they actually seeing? Hopefully it's a lot, but it's, it's a real difficult one to answer. What, what do you think? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. I mean, outside of the I'll call it the core, the enthusiast gamer who goes to the forums, watches YouTube, and such. Yeah, it's probably very little knowledge of what is happening. This is kind of one of those situations, like the Ubisoft situation from last year Mm -hmm. if you're not invested in this if you don't have any stake to care why are you going to as long as the company is continuing making games that you're interested in why do you care how it's working why do you care how the employees are felt and we can look at this as a reflection of even crunch Mm -hmm. no one cares about crunch in the industry unless it happens to be reported that your favorite company is doing it and you see the ramifications that crunch can have on the individual but look how quickly crunch is forgotten once that company comes out with a big release true but what if you're an investor right um and you want to you want to dip into activision because call of duty vanguard just came out um and then you look at the share price and, you, and you're like whoa something what's going on here you know the, the prices has dropped quite a bit you know in the last uh-huh. last few months I'm going to read up on and see what's going on, and then you quickly realize, you know, um, the the um, the the situation with Bobby Kotick. I mean, do you think that there is more visibility, um, you know, in other areas like the the investment sector and, and things like that for people that do want to um, put their money yes. into Activision? Yeah, I think on the business and investor side, there's definitely more. It's- it's brought it to a new level of spotlight yeah. where now people, maybe they're hesitating with their investment, but at the same time, the cynic in me will see that the price is coming down and it's kind of leveling off a bit. Yeah. So there might also be that investor who's saying, this is prime to go up. I'm going right. to buy low because yeah. this is going to go back up. I'm going to make a lot of money on the situation. And I mean, that's just the personification of greed mm-hmm. whenever there is a bad situation there's always going to be someone there ready to make a profit and i mean it's a sad state of affair it's a sad state of affair that companies and people can't just treat each other well yeah this is none of this should be going on at a workplace and as we mentioned earlier we know the type of individual that bobby Kotick is it has been noted by those who have worked with him other developers who have dealt with him that he's an egomaniac Mm -hmm. and money is what matters to him. That is what he's looking out for. And as you mentioned, maybe Kotick does leave Activision early. And I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be forced out. He's going to leave on his own terms. They may make it look like that public spectacle that he's the sacrificial lamb 
where he's bowing out for the betterment of Activision so that they can have a new bright future. But as we mentioned, if it's the same board members where they just elect someone from the current board into Kotick's old position, there's not going to be any change. There's going to be that change in the public eye for the first few months, maybe the full year. And then it's going to fall back into place. And that's where I don't care what the corporation wants to say. I want to hear from the employees at the company. And I want to hear them say candidly, we have seen meaningful change. We have seen programs implemented to make sure the workplace is safe for everyone. And until I hear those type of reports, yeah, I will not support Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Nate. Um, you know, it, it's it's fine to say we're setting up a, an internal task force to deal with this. We're we're changing our processes, but that's just all lip service. There's no no one no one trusts that. No one believes that. You know, um, I think you're right. I, I think. Once we actually hear employees saying, you know, they have turned things around and look, that may never happen or it could take a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's very difficult to really put your trust into into that company, uh, you know, and I think that's the real sad part. Like I said, you know, there's there's just been so many years of of stories, allegations, sexual harassment, um, women not getting paid the same amount of as men. Uh, unfair dismissals, just the, the whole gambit of of things that that have gone on over there, um, you know, discrimination, just everything, you know, and it's 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 just very very sad. And um, look, I, I I do hope that that this does bring some change into the industry, but the the cynic in me unfortunately feels like, like you said, Nate, um, this is a PR problem for Activision that they're desperately trying to. To resolve um, whether they actually fix it, uh, I I don't know. Um, th- I mean, th- this this one feels a little different. That it seems like it has more legs than, let's say, the Ubisoft one from a year ago, a couple of years ago, where you know there was a lot of um, public apologies and 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 public um, statements to do better and and fix things and and in- install processes and you know let go or um, you know the, the the people that were the perpetrators and whatever. This one feels like it has more legs, but also it also feels like um, you know if Activision went dark for a few months and we didn't really hear anything, and then let's say you know Q one next year or Q two next year, um, we hear about next year's Call of Duty game, people are just gonna forget about it. You know this mm-hmm. this thing is gonna be forgotten. So. Um, I, I just don't know, um, you know, whether this will actually make a difference. I hope it does, but I just don't know. Yeah, I still want to see. I want to see real pressure put on Activision Blizzard, and I want to see a lot of it come from Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Epic, Steam. Yes, the big players in the yeah. industry, even other developers out there. It doesn't have to be exclusive to console manufacturers. EA can come out. Sega can come out. Square, Capcom. Bethesda, I agree. They and can all come out. I think. I think it only takes one. Like, I, I think if Microsoft said we're removing all Activision games from Xbox Live or the Microsoft yes. Store, I think the 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 rest of the platform holders would follow suit. And they should. Yes. And I mean, we've seen this with athletes, celebrities, where they lose endorsement deals. Yep. Where a company will come out immediately and say, due to 
the allegations and the investigation on the individual, we are pulling our endorsement. So Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony and Epic and Valve should come out and say, due to the ongoing situation at Activision Blizzard, we are pulling their games from our digital storefronts for the time being or until further notice. Yep. Make that statement, make it loud, make it heard, have the board really have to sit down and evaluate what is happening and make that reasonable or make the change, make the change that has to happen. Because as you mentioned, in six months, we're probably not going to see any meaningful change occur and the community is going to forget about all of this. And that's a very real fear to have. But as we also said earlier, if you're the gamer, do you care? Right. Probably not. And that's a sad state of affair for really humanity. Yeah. And while I give credit to Sony and Nintendo for putting out their internal memo, one cannot forget that this is a problem for really, it's for every industry at every big company. But Sony is not free of their own internal scandals. Way back in June of 2020, a former employee of Insomniac detailed how bad the working conditions were there, where it drove them to contemplate suicide because of how Insomniac Games treated their women. Mm -hmm. And when Jim Ryan put out a statement, Saul Brennan on Twitter came out and said, so what, what's Sony doing? Yeah. They went to Twitter and wrote, and I quote, I know for a fucking fact, I wasn't the only one who suffered at Insomniac or Sony. And they continued that the individuals responsible continue to work there. So it's great you put out an internal memo, but it may be time yep. to not just put out words, but also put out actions and look internally at your own company and find out about some of these reports and clean house. This also happened at Nintendo. This was a story that really didn't gain any traction when it was originally tweeted and blogged about, but former Nintendo of America employee Katie Casper described her working time at Nintendo of America and that one of her bosses was a misogynist, a misogynistic bully who on a daily basis belittled her, intimidated her, and caused extreme distress. And she writes that HR protected this individual until they simply could not do it anymore. And he was released because he sexually assaulted an employee. But up to that point, he had been reported for his actions and the HR protected him. Yeah. So this isn't exclusive to Activision. This goes on at probably every company and every industry because these are big businesses. Yeah. But they should not be happening. So for anyone who thinks that Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft are innocent in the situation, they're not. They certainly have this, their own um, 
stories and and dirty laundry, you know, mm-hmm. um, their own their own lawsuits as well that they've either they're either dealing with or yes. they've dealt with. I mean, Sony, yep. just this week, mm-hmm. a former Sony employee has filed a class action lawsuit alleging gender discrimination. So, like, it's fantastic that they put out their internal memo, but you have to look. Don't throw stones from glass houses. Yeah. You have to do your due diligence at your business and make sure you have that atmosphere and an environment that you are saying that you want to have. Make sure you have created it and, foster, and fostered it for yourself. And it's just, it's just disturbing that this is how this industry operates. And the only reason that we really heard about the Activision situation is because of that investigation in California due to the employee committing suicide. Right. Had that case not happened, and I mean the investigation not happened, the public would not know about this. The only reason Activision is in the news is because it happened to become public information of what is happening there. How many of these cases at companies like Insomniac, just as the example, because it has been made public, are ongoing. How many employees at any of these companies are dealing and facing with sexual harassment, sexual assault, misogynistic policies? And we simply don't know about them because they have not come to light. Or maybe they've gone to Twitter and they simply didn't gain traction. It's disturbing to think about. It it absolutely is. I mean, there's probably so much of this that um, we don't know about, um, has yet to be uncovered, may be uncovered as as we learn more about this uh, ongoing investigation. There is, there's, you know, this, like you said, this is a a industry widespread thing. This is not um, just an Activision problem. Um, we're focused on Activision right now because they're the ones that are currently in the limelight. But mm-hmm. last year it was Ubisoft. You know, we, we've heard other reports from from other companies over the years. This is just something that every single year, you know, there's there's always these stories, there's always these lawsuits, there's always these harassment claims, and um, it's just it's just very very unfortunate. And I, I do hope, you know. Um, I remember we we talked about this on the Spawncast, um, you know, a few months ago. I, I hope for change, and I, I still do. And I just, I'm, I just, I'm wondering where it's going to come from. That's that's the real, the real question, you know. I mean, I want to believe that if we're going to see meaningful change, it has to come from us, the community. We have to be vocal. We have to demand more yeah. from these companies. We want, we have to hold them accountable. And I know a lot of people have gone that route of I'm going to boycott Activision Blizzard games. That doesn't that won't make a difference. It's it won't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And where it can make a difference is the boycott can change your world. Sure. You may not be able to change the world in its entirety, but you can change yours. Yeah, and I agree with that. Like, I mean, look, I'm not going to tell anyone to boycott Activision games. If you want to, Nate, if you want to play Vanguard, which I know you don't, I don't because <laughs> the game the game sucks. But uh, I'm not going to tell you no, you shouldn't do that. Um, but <laughs> I, I, what what I will tell you is I haven't played any Activision games for a long, long time, 
and I will continue to not purchase and not support their games um, un- unless, like you said, there is meaningful change at that company. Right. And that's, and I want to see change, you know, within all these companies, the allegations at Insomniac are disturbing. And I mean, Insomniac is definitely a company that I enjoy the products they make. And unfortunately, at the time when like Ratchet and Clank was coming out, I was not aware of that story. I had not seen it on Twitter. I had not read it on forums. I had not seen it covered on YouTube to any capacity. I was blind to that story and the allegations. But now that I have seen them, Mm -hmm. I cannot in good conscience look forward to a release like Spider-Man 2 or The Wolverine. I need to hear that change has been made at Insomniac. I need to hear that those individuals responsible for that or for the treatment of women and fostering such a toxic environment within Insomniac have been held accountable and have been terminated. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. And that's the the last thing I wanted to touch on real quick is um the ESA. So Nintendo or Doug uh-huh. Bowser mentioned that he's been in contact with the ESA. Uh, is that right? Did, did, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you what do you make of that? Because obviously, the ESA, um, both Nintendo and Activision, are members of. So, do you think there's anything, anything really to discuss there as far as what the ESA could potentially do? I don't see what the ESA can do. The ESA is basically just a lobbyist group. So, I don't see how they could put any pressure on Activision beyond just you know an an internal memo saying we're disturbed by what's happening yep you have to make changes and activision can just respond saying hey we're investigating new means of right. we've we're put together this committee right to make change within the company and we'll be transparent with it and we'll share reports with the ESA to satisfy that need of yours but beyond that i don't see what the ESA can really do here yeah, I agree. I mean, unless they, again, you know, unless they, they do something meaningful and say, we're, we're going to refund your money. Um, you won't be, um, you, your, your spot at E3 next year has been revoked. You know, just something like that, right? And that, that's obviously <laughs> very, very heavy handed, but th- that's the type of, uh, of change that, that we're looking for and that, that will never happen. Right. And, that's not yeah it's not going to happen because at the end of the day as we talk this is this is a situation of economics this is about money the esa is not going to give up the money that activision blizzard funnels to them yeah this, this is like all this is going to be calculated by the companies and that's likely why we have not seen those public statements from nintendo microsoft and sony because they are weighing the pros and cons and the financial benefits and risks of mm-hmm. doing so. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, assume that the financial benefits do not outweigh the financial risks of saying we are not going to carry your games on our digital storefronts any longer until we see meaningful change or we see Bobby Kotick removed from power. Right. So my last question to you is mm-hmm. do you think do you think Bobby Kotick will um stay as the um the CEO at Activision or do you think his days are truly numbered and and 
something will actually happen. Because I mean, there was that statement where he said, you know, I I I I could leave, you know, if um if I can't fix this, you know, quickly. So do you think he's his days are numbered there, or do you think he's you know we're just gonna go into oh. next year and and just kind of do it all over again? I feel as though it's probably an ongoing internal discussion between board members of what is best for the company. And if Bobby Kotick does leave, he's going to do a full Richard Nixon of I'm resigning. Right. I have a golden parachute in the area of $300 million waiting for me. Mm -hmm. So when I jump out of this plane, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And it's just going to be a matter of what's best for the company. Should I go out as that sacrificial lamb so that Activision can thrive in 2022 or do I stay here and see if the tides turn and go towards another company and that I can continue to ride out as CEO? Right now, there's definitely some of that pressure. There's definitely a bit of boiling water under him. But I think Bobby Kotick may simply have too much of an ego to bow out in the immediate. If it is to happen, I think it would be either more towards the close of the coming fiscal quarter mm -hmm. or the conclusion of their fiscal year. Yeah. But I don't see him leaving at least not anytime soon. Right. And as I mentioned, if he does leave, it's going to be on his own terms. It's just going to, I am not a crook, put the peace <laughs> sign up and walk out in that way. He's going to leave with his ego intact. Yep. He's not going to be forced out. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. And, you know, the last point I would like to make on this topic is situations bad at Activision, but I also want Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, every company in this industry and outside of this industry to look inward and to make changes. It's easy to come out and make statements against another company, but these companies best be doing policy changes and making a better work environment for their employees. Don't just come out and do a PR optics campaign to look good when compared to the darkness that is Activision in the current moment. And with that, we can move into some of the Streamlabs questions for this week. Actually, first, I need to remind everyone that you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Nate the Hate at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Nate the Hate. That's one word, Nate the Hate. And be sure to clean up your nuts and make Santa proud of you this year. And our first Streamlab question for this week comes from Jackie G, who writes One year has passed and I still can't reliably put my PlayStation 5 into rest mode. At this point, do you believe that Sony has any intention to fix this issue? Or will they just continue to ignore it? I think they will fix it. Didn't they try to? They tried to, and it sort of works, and it sort of doesn't. I've, I was playing around with it, um, and I, I have the same issues as you, Jackie G. I um, have tried rest mode. It's done that rebuilding database thing a few times. Uh, it's just easier for me just to turn my PS5 off, which. I got to say right now, it's 
pretty much permanently off because there's literally nothing <laughs> to play on it. But I, I am hopeful that they will fix that. Like they will actually fix it because, yes, I've had similar frustrations. Yeah, I don't use rest mode, so I haven't hit any of those issues. I just feel as though it's easier just to boot the system up. It doesn't take too long. But, I mean, it had been a while since I was using mine. I just rented Kena, Kena, mm-hmm. the games whose name changes depending on the character and the game speaking it. And, you know, it's giving me a little time on my PS5. But, yeah, I don't use rest mode. I don't trust it. We then had a $10 donation from Bryson. Right. Just to clarify, what is crushed red pepper? Is it like hot chili flakes? Just a Canadian not wanting to screw up the recipe. LOL. Uh, crush, the crushed red pepper I use for the pumpkin seeds recipe is actually more of a crushed red pepper sauce. So I guess the best comparison would be something more aligned like a salsa. Yeah. If you Google crushed red pepper from Star... It's a New England-based company, but yeah, Google crushed red pepper sauce from Star. It'll show you a bottle. You may be able to import it to Canada, but it'll give you a better idea of exactly what it is. It's just, it's a, it's literally a crushed red pepper with all the sauce and fruit and gooey goodness of the pepper. (laughs) And then you just bathe the seeds in that before you pop them into the oven. It's good stuff. Then had a $5 donation from Auric305. Right, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Just picked up Cruisin' Blast from GameStop's Black Friday sale and can't wait to check it out. What other favorite arcade titles would you guys like to see on console? Man. Well, um, we're getting a new Ninja Turtles game, so that kind yes. of that scratches that itch. Because I was going to say I'd like to see um, you know, the Ninja Turtles games on, on, on the Switch, but mm-hmm. we are getting that new one. Shredder's uh, Revenge, which looks incredible. Looks, yeah, it looks phenomenal. Um, other than uh, that, I mean, man, I, I like I like the 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 side scrolling um brawlers, you know, something along the lines of Final Fight. We we, we already got Streets of Rage four. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel pretty happy with what we have, but I think for me, you know, The Simpsons, Shredder's Revenge is the big one. But what are you, uh, what are you waiting on? What would you like to see? I mean, I, I want to see light gun games. I know we're getting House of the Dead from Forever Entertainment, and I'm still curious as to how they're going to solve that control issue. But, I mean, we really can't have a light gun game with HDTVs that work reliably. Right. So... I mean, we have a lot of Metal Slug games on there. We are getting Metal Slug Tactics, even though that's not really arcade. We have Cruise and Blast for the Racers. I mean, I would say Marvel versus Capcom because that was an arcade fighter. Well, that, I mean, that's actually a really good pick, right? Because, you know, we want <laughs> MVC2 to come back and there's that free MVC2 movement right now. That that actually yeah. would be a very good, very good choice. And. There we go. Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Come to Switch 2022. Let's go. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then had a $2 donation from Ishin Ashina. Ashina. Right. When Wind Waker HD comes to Switch, do you think it'll be a straight up Wii U port or will Nintendo and or will Nintendo upscale it to 60 frames a second like they did with Skyward Sword? Also, with Ocarina of Time on NSO. Does that mean the 3D version won't be coming to Switch? Thanks. Was that a hint that we are getting Wind Waker HD? 
Is, is this some insider information? <laughs> Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD will come to Switch. It's just a matter of when, not if. I would imagine it'll come in 2022 once Nintendo really has set that release window for Breath of the Wild 2. Because you probably want, you know, maybe a six-month window between them. Yeah. And yeah, maybe we hear about them soon, but man... I, I mean, I would want to say it's probably just going to be a straight port, but there's no reason they can't enhance the frames per second to 60 on the Switch. So I would definitely give that a realistic chance. As for the 3D version of Ocarina of Time, I wouldn't expect that on the Switch anytime soon for the reason you stated. Ocarina of Time is on NSO and Nintendo probably wants people to play the original genuine version of Ocarina of Time, though that's definitely debatable given minus the state the of the nso version minus the fog <laughs> <laughs> i i do agree that um wind waker hd probably will be direct ports from the wii u version mm-hmm. we then had a five dollar donation from marson writes i really like the talk about xbox backwards compatibility agree with you completely I still don't have Xbox Series console. No time to use Game Pass and no point to pay for it. But I will buy probably more for backwards compatibility than Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, the Xbox Series backwards compatibility list is quite impressive. It is a shame it doesn't have full backwards compatibility with the original Xbox or even the Xbox 360 but they do have a quality list of software that is compatible. And the fact that many of them get the frame rate boost and even a resolution boost and auto HDR, it really gives new birth to some of these games Just play them in that new light. And it's definitely an admirable effort from Microsoft. And it's probably one of the underrated gems of this generation. It's a shame Microsoft has had to cut the support short due to licensing and even technological issues but hopefully they're able to resolve some of those licensing issues and get a few more titles on the service but i mean microsoft really deserves more credit for their approach to backwards compatibility especially when you look at what nintendo and sony have done up to this point and yeah if you want to play, you know, like playing Ninja Gaiden Black at 4K and 60 frames a second is... Oh, it's amazing. Just a joy. And when you play titles like Final, Final Fantasy thirteen, mm-hmm. all the auto enhancements basically made it as though it was its own remaster. Yeah. Um, I'm currently... So I finished Max Payne 3, which didn't really get Ooh. much of a boost, but I was just very happy that it was on the back compat program. So I finished that and then now I'm playing Dead Space 2, which does have a 60 FPS boost and man, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, even the original Dead Space, it's still, it's mind-blowing how good it is on the Series X. You really would not believe that that game is as old as it is. I believe it's around 10 years old now. Yep. And it just feels so modern and just getting that HDR and the performance boost. And even Microsoft just did the Gears of War games where I believe they are at, I think they're 120 frames a second now. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a quality program that Microsoft should be standing out there, pounding their chest saying, look what we did with backwards compatibility. This is important to you. We have the platform for you. 
And the fact that it goes so understated is a crime. Yeah. But hopefully Sony has a backwards compatibility solution coming in the near future for the PlayStation 5. They've they definitely left that roadmap open, but they haven't really communicated anything yet. But hopefully we see something from them soon and we know Nintendo's solution, NSO. And that's the last Streamlabs question for this week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Nate. Thanks for having me on. I know this was a pretty heavy topic, um, but one we we definitely wanted to cover. And um, let's see uh, what the future holds. Yes, this was definitely a topic that needed to be addressed and really want to emphasize and highlight how it is not exclusive to just Activision or, or even to Ubisoft. It is an industry-wide problem and we need change in the industry. But let us know your thoughts on the situation in the comment section below. If you liked the video, give it a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Even though you can't see the dislikes, I still can. And I like to know people's thoughts on the video. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.